There we go, a little something different, a little intro there. As we're moving up, welcome to another edition of Folks Talking Sports. Houston Ron Barview presents Folks Talking Sports, sponsored by the Saxinian family and Steve Saxinian, a very helpful, prominent alum of U of H. If the trio looks a little bit different, no worries. Don't adjust your sets, don't adjust your monitors. James Mueller, a regular, is filling in for Andy Inez. Andy's on assignment, I think, for probably a couple of months. So he try to fit him in on maybe another day besides Thursday. But I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review, James Mueller, Bailey Cougar, sports editor, and Willie Gibson of what is it, sir? WHTG? WTG. WTG. I'll, I'll scan that up in a minute, scrolling across the screen. How y'all doing? Good, sir. How about yourself? I'm doing great. This is a this is one of my goals, I think, for us is to broaden our group of hosts. So in case we need a feeling like today, we'll have folks in the bullpen, so to speak, or coming off the bench to uh, to sub for us on Folks Talking Sports. And eventually, Will's going to be a host, direct this studio in case I can't make it, if I can't, I got to take care of my mom, something like that. James, I'm going to toss him in the ring too to be a host. So. We're gonna do different things like that as part of Folks Talking Sports. Let's get right into it. James, you and I were at Fortuna Center on Tuesday for U of H Hofstra. The men's basketball team came from behind and won in overtime, 83-75. Did you notice, I think a few fans left early because they were fed up or, or better yet, Will, Mr. Gibson, they did not believe in Coach Sampson and the Cougars that they could come from behind and pull out a victory. I think some folks left. Jane, did you notice that too? Yeah, yeah, I saw uh, people heading for the exits midway through the second half. Yeah, and you know, I mean, the Cougars were struggling. They trailed by as much as 13 points in, in the second half. New faces, new season, new team. I don't know if those folks wanted to beat traffic because it was, you know, Tuesday night, weeknight, they want to get ready to go home, get ready for bed, go to work the next day or what, but y'all gonna learn. Gonna learn to believe in the culture of Coach Sampson and the basketball team. They came from behind, they forced overtime, thanks to an unknown, for now, James, Tazi Moore, three-point shooter, who will, I tweeted this out, check this out. Mm -hmm. Tazi Moore transferred from Cal State Bakersfield. Okay. Okay. His years at Bakersfield, he averaged basically making one three-pointer out of two attempts, mm -hmm. basically, maybe, mm -hmm. for four years. He was four for four from three Tuesday night against Hofstra, including the game-tying three-point shot that set the game in overtime. And I think all four makes were swishes, too. <laughs> so it was kind of interesting there. But Will, James, U of H is 1-0. I'm not really concerned about rankings, anything like that, basketball-wise. But we're going to do something different. We're going to talk football, U of H football first, because James, the football team is eight and one. I was wrong. My prediction was wrong. I've been wrong before. As an alum, I don't have, I don't mind being wrong. But James, tell us about 
football team being eight and one, who they got coming up this weekend? Yeah, so like you said, uh, not many people expected Houston to be eight and one at this point, even though the schedule is relatively weak. But uh, I think the big the big reason for that is the turnaround of quarterback Clayton Tune. I know he's been criticized a lot, and I've been doubtful of him um, myself after struggling early in the season, four picks in the season opener against Texas Tech, um, was injured early um, against Rice in the second game, sort of struggled to get into a rhythm, but he's been playing out of his mind recently. He, he's been making all the throws he needs to make. Um, his mobilities uh, come back after having some time to uh, recover from that hamstring injury. And he's just play, been playing really well and commanding that offense. And he, he, we've talked about the defense before and the Houston defense has been as advertised. Um, like they said, they were gonna you know turn some heads this year, but the, Clayton Tune in the offense has really turned it around and put Houston in a spot where they're a win away Saturday um, when they take on Temple um, from clinching a spot in the American Athletic Championship game, which most people probably didn't think that was gonna happen, especially with the way the season started and just what has happened under Dana Holgerson. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a nice turnaround and um, something that uh, most people didn't expect. And I and I am one of those people. <laughs> I did not see this coming. I think, and let me give you credit, James. I think on a, on the high end, I think I said, what did I say? Eight and four, maybe. And I think was it you? You said possibly ten and two, something like that. I know it's better than me. I know that because you said on the on the, on the high end, the football team could surprise some people. I think you and Andy were on that train. I was like, okay, well, you were right. I was wrong. One went away from a spot in the American Athletic Conference football championship game. They're going against Temple Saturday at 11 o'clock Central Time. What about Temple? Is Temple any good? Is, is, is this a trap game? I mean, you can't take any opponent lightly, but Temple has more problems off the field than they do on the field right now. They, they've got a bunch of locker room issues. Um, the uh, future of their head coach, Rob Carey, is in question. There's just a bunch of issues going on. Um, Temple, uh, they've been able to, you know, be competitive against some teams like they were competitive against Memphis. Um, and, but then they've also been blown out completely in other games. And so U of H is better on paper, um, and should go in there and do their job. Um, and I don't, I don't really see any way that doesn't happen, honestly, just with all the distractions Temple has, um, outside, um, the field. Is, is the game going to be televised? It will be on ESPN plus. ESPN Plus. Okay, so folks who don't have ESPN Plus, haha, they can go to HoustonRoundBarReview.com and click on one of the links I have as an affiliate of ESPN Plus and sign up that way. You can get ESPN Plus, make yourself happy, and make me happy because I do earn a small commission. Gotta pay those bills, fellas, as y'all know. One of the reasons why we have a sponsor to Folk Talk of Sports, as in Steve Saxonian and the Saxonian family. Will. Yes, sir. What did you predict? You remember what you predicted for the Cougs football team? I don't. I don't. It um, wasn't eight one after nine no, games. And, clearly, no. It was not. I, 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 with certainty, can say that. Um, I was just. I was just funny. I was listening. Um, I remember eight and four, and I remember someone saying ten and two was the standard. I believe they said the president, school president. Well, she said that. we fired coaches for going eight and four. Got it. Got it. And, and you laughed at, at us for those expectations because you at the Ohio State, 10 and 2 was a failure. <laughs> yeah, 10 and 2. 10 and 2 will get you fired at Ohio, in Columbus. 10 and, and it has. 
So yeah, that's why I was like, wow, that's different. But eight and one, yeah, I, I certainly can say I didn't have that um, preseason. All right, let's talk. Let's talk about this. Did y'all hear see about? I guess the five plus one proposal that uh, the big wigs are going to kick around for the future of the college football playoff. It's a five plus one model. It was discussed in Dallas. Basically, the alliance kicked it around the Pac-12, Big Ten, and AAC. They're going to meet in December to discuss either one of these three options. Remain at four teams through 2025, which is the last year of the contract with ESPN. Approve the subcommittee's 12-team format or approve the alternate 12-team model guaranteeing bids to Power 5 champions. Thoughts on that? Did you say the AAC was, was part of those conversations? Oh, no, 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 sir. No, no, okay. the ACC. ACC, okay. Pac-12, okay. Big Ten, and ACC. Got it. Um, thoughts on that? Um, I think 12 is too many. I think the perfect really? number is – Yeah, I do. I do. I think the number is eight. And I've always said the number is eight. And you mentioned Power 5. We talk about Power 5 all the time. The college football playoff is set up for controversy, in my opinion, and chaos. Because how can you tell me there are – five power conferences that's the power five right but the college football playoff is the final four where where what is where does that mess it's always going to be someone and in most recent years it's been the pac 12 that's going to have a complaint that why didn't we get in so now if you have eight you bring in the power five each conference champion you bring in the group of five, which makes six, and then the two at-large bids you distribute as you choose. And then you have three additional games, three weekends of games, and, and you crown your champion. Will, that, your logic apparently is falling on deaf ears. It's, it's either going to be 12 or four. Uh, right. And uh, I don't know why they want, would even consider sticking with four because that's just – that's as is. That's status quo. And they're being bashed left and right for the four right now. So mm -hmm. it's going to be 12. And if it's 12, then I think the top four teams will get a bye the first round and be hosted on campus sites. You still have, I, I believe, the conference champions part of it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, eight, eight doesn't even seem to be on the table anymore for discussion. Because it makes the most sense. So James, what, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that, James? Yeah, I 100% agree with Will. I think eight makes the perfect sense. But like you said, it's not on the table. Um, I think, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if they stick with four just because of the way it's set up where they're making so much money on all these debates. When you got four teams, you can debate it all day. When you got 12, I mean, it's pretty set in stone for the most part. So there's not as much, you know, controversy or, or, or stuff to talk about so i think um that's a big thing they'll consider but like i i i, I agree that eight's the perfect amount i don't know why they won't consider that but um my guess is they stick with four because apparently i think eight they don't get any more money right 12 was where the more money comes into play so and for all the discussions about the student athletes' health and safety and concerns and all that, 
this is about money. At the end of the day, the money's going to talk. The president's going to say one thing and, and they're going to say, how much are we getting for 12? Oh, yeah. OK, well, we're good with that. So I think that's what's going to happen. It's going to be 12. I'm not sure if it's going to be agreed upon next month or if it's going to be down the line for because because apparently ESPN is OK with restructuring um, the talks for if it's 12 rather than having everything go to market in what 25 so that way be open for competition ESPN Fox CBS the networks but ESPN is because they still have a contract for the next few years they're okay with it because they know they're gonna get some money out of the 12 going to 12 anyway it's yeah I, I, okay I don't know what to say about all that James will viewers y'all know I'm a Detroit Pistons fan the Pistons played the Rockets Wednesday evening. Mm -hmm. The hyped up battle of one versus two. If y'all saw the ESPN broadcast, they had a, a score tracker to keep track of Jalen Green's points and Kay Cunningham, Cunningham's points. It was like the score of the, the game was an afterthought. <laughs> you know, despite the fact Detroit was one and eight, the Rockets were one and nine. So I guess ESPN was like, "Look, these two teams stink." So let's see. Let's just keep track of the rookies and see what they do. <laughs> because, I mean, I guess. But kudos to both rookies. They did not before the game talk about you know didn't give any bulletin board material. It's all about it's about the team. We just want to win. We're not hyping up you know one versus two. No, it's Pistons versus Rockets. It's not Katie versus Jalen. After the game. Hey, Cunningham was asked, so any thoughts on any trash talking during the game? Okay, it's like what was said to me during the game wasn't anything I ain't heard before. I thought it was just made for the cameras. I wasn't impressed. I said, wow. wow. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, Jalen Green, after the game, I think Jalen was more upset that they lost because Jalen, y'all saw the slam dunk he had when he drove, he blew past Cade. And dunk, and then he screamed as he hit the floor and yelled in Kay's direction. And I think he said a choice word or two that we can't say here on uh, Folks Talking Sports mm -hmm. because of our younger demographic. He got technical for that. And then the Pistons went up by 14, but being the bad team that they are, lost most of that lead, but they held on to win by 8, 112, 104. It bothered Christian Wood. James, let me ask you this. As a, as a journalist in college, would you or have you gone for, uh, let's see, if there's a rivalry, heated rivalry, um, a hyped up opportunity for a game, would you got, try to make a story out of it? Would you try to you know, do some prodding to both parties to get them to talk some trash to, for clicks? I mean, I, that's definitely something that would cross my mind just because people would eat it up. Um, they love those type of things. Um, I don't know exactly what kind of content I'd be able to produce, but I mean, it's something I, I mean, I could see myself trying to. How about you, Will? <laughs> um, I wouldn't do it for clips. I would ask the question. I mean, the answer is the answer. I mean, if, if I ask a question that, 
that elicits an answer that you know people yeah yeah absolutely but that's not gonna be that's not gonna be my initial intent no okay slightly different in Christian Woods case former piston he signed with the Rockets as a free agent the money he wanted Detroit didn't want to pay okay he was asked uh, Tuesday after practice I think it was Tuesday Tuesday after practice Christian so do you have a point to prove um to the Pistons and Chris is like yeah for sure for sure I want to show them what they're missing trust me Detroit is not missing Christian Wood okay <laughs> I, I know that they were missing him I mean when he left he left he wanted more money than they were going to pay him they were willing to pay him 10 million he wanted 14 million so they set their budget he wanted more Detroit said fine good luck to you in your career so they're not missing him but the question asked by a colleague, local colleague, what is Chris supposed to say? No, 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 I'm, no, I'm, I'm good. No, I'm, you know. yeah, he wants something, prove something to him, because he feels like they jilted him. But this is money. The Rockets paid more than Detroit wanted to pay. That's business. Simple. James, the Rockets are one in ten. One in ten. Does that surprise you? No, I mean earlier in the summer I said I don't. I think they'll be one a top lottery team once again. Um, I'm, I maybe probably would have thought they might have had two, three wins at this point, but I mean I did not expect them to be uh, be a, a solid record team. I think it's more about getting the young guys involved and then stocking up on another pick and adding someone else to this young core. And then, you know, next year and then the year after, then you really start to develop these guys and um, start to see some uh, improvement in terms of the win-loss record. Agreed. See, I wish Andy were here because Mr. Yanez picked, predicted 33 <laughs> wins for the Rockets. Well, no, 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 31, 31 wins. One of my viewers on the Rocket Talk stream shows predicted 33. But James, Will, let's talk about Coach Wall. After Coach Wall and Rocket Talk, then we're going to talk U of H basketball and who they signed. So hold your horses on that, viewers. But yes, Coach Wall, uh, James, Will, and I talked earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> and Will asked me point blank. He's like, "No, no, go ahead and say what you said." Will, go ahead. Let I, said, James hear it. I said, "Are you really going to pay this man forty-two million not to play?" I, I can't believe that. That's that's amazing to me. James, what, do you, what are your thoughts on what the Rockets are doing with, with John Wall? Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, I understand, like, wanting leadership, but with that type of contract, to not get any value um, from him on the court, any production, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's, it's a ridiculous contract. There's no reason to keep it around, um, no matter what kind of uh, value he might bring, you know, just from being with the team. I, I don't see a reason why uh, – you're paying a man to just sit on the bench. You're paying him to be Coach Wall. That's that's what they're doing, paying him to be Coach Wall. And Jeff Van Gundy said during the broadcast, this sets a bad precedent. A team is paying a player a lot of money to not play. And what team, what NBA team would want to trade for John Wall sight unseen? No one. So, so I, I, I'm really, I mean, John Wall is like, you want me to sit and still pay me? 
oh yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm so yeah, why why wouldn't I have a problem with that? But from a rocket perspective, put him on the floor. Show what he can do. Show that he's productive. Show that he has value to a team. Because if he's just sitting next to the coaches in his casual clothes, why am I gonna trade? You want me to give you what for this man? And he's and he's making how much money this year? Yeah, no, I, uh, no, thank you. And I haven't seen him play. No. And for now, as of now, the Rockets are standing firm with no buyout. So what the hell? I, I'm the logic here. I just don't get. I don't. I don't understand the rationale that the Rockets are trying to maintain. Let's pay a man to not play. Let he, we don't want him to be on the court. He can practice sometime, but let's not play him. Let's not play him, but we're going to pay him a lot, a lot of money. I, 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 I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand it. And really, honestly, I'm surprised Tim Fertitta is okay with it because we all, the word was James, you know, locally, you've heard it. Is that Tillman is a penny pincher? You know, some folks say he's cheap. Well, he must not be too cheap if he's willing to pay a man forty plus million dollars to not play. Right. Well, you got any um, the Ohio State stuff to share? Basketball news, football news, real quick before we go into U of H. Yeah, uh, signing day was this week, and Ohio State signed the number six uh, ranked. Recruiting class in the country, number one in the Big Ten, uh, five players. Um, young man out of Georgia, uh, Bruce Thornton. He's the uh, top player in Georgia, 41st player ranked nationally. Uh, Felix Apara, uh, 6'11 center, uh, number 50 player nationally. Uh, Roddy Gale, a guard out of uh, Utah, this number 63rd ranked player nationally. Uh, Bryce Sensiball out of Florida, uh, ranked number 74 nationally, and Bowen Hardman, uh, the only local uh, product from Cincinnati, Princeton, uh, was ranked the number nine player in the state of Ohio. So Chris Holtman uh, signs a top 10, top six recruiting class in the country. Uh, season opened on Tuesday with a one-point win against the University of Akron, way closer than it should have been. Akron hung around, but season opener, it, it tends to happen. And uh, they got some things on film, got some things to work on. And uh, tomorrow they host Niagara uh, Friday night at the Value City Arena. Okay, cool with that. Now, James, you and I are going to talk about U of H basketball and the three players that they signed. But we're also going to hear from head coach Kelvin Sampson. And then after that discussion, going to have a segment sponsored by the Saxenian family, basically previewing Friday's matchup between U of H and Rice. So you'll hear my voice for a few minutes and my bald head on the screen. But right now we're going to hear from head coach Kelvin Sampson answering a question from KHOU's Jason Bristol about Jarris Walker who is a five-star signing for you, based the first five-star signing 
for Houston since 2012, and Denwell House way back when. Jarris is considered the best, I think the top-ranked power forward, according to certain rankings. You know, some rankings say this, ranked as high as, I think, one say 12 in some composite polling and as low as 30-something in others, but whatever. Five-star player. But Coach Sampson has a Coach Sampson take on stars and, and ratings. And the comment he makes, part of it, he references a certain number one pick in the NBA that Mr. Gibson can relate to. We'll get his thoughts on that after this. So Coach Sampson will be up for about four minutes. Check him out. Uh, because he is. I mean, we evaluate. You know, re recruiting is a, a overused term. We we don't recruit as much as we evaluate. We we evaluated him before. We evaluate a lot of these really good players, and we come to a conclusion we'd rather coach against some of them. But uh, uh, Jarris is very humble. Uh, he comes from humble background. Um, you know, both his parents are uh, immigrants. Um, um, from the islands, um, they're, they're both highly educated. They, they both understand uh, where their son is and what he needs. Um, you know, he chose he chose to come somewhere because he he needs to be developed. Um, he's not a finished product. You know, some one of the worst things we can do is label kids with stars. I, I remember. Cleveland Cavaliers drafted the kid from Vegas, from Canada. Can't remember his name. Number one, uh, I think his last name was Bennett, about 10 years ago or so, Canadian kid. Uh, had that kid been drafted in the 20s, probably would have had a decent career. But he was drafted number one, so he was going to be a bust from day one. And that wore him down mentally and emotionally. So... Um, I, you know, I, there's nothing you can do about it, but I do like to mention it occasionally. You know, as soon as somebody sees the five star, then the expectations just become stupid. You know, they start thinking they're one and dones and they're saviors. And then when they're not, what do they do? Because because of the expectation they had, now they become no good or they're bust or whatever. Uh, Jairus is a work in progress, you know. He's, he needs to get a lot better. Um, he's not going to come in here and light the world on fire. That's not who he is. Um, and we explain that to him. I mean, I'm brutally honest with all these kids that we recruit. You know, we don't promise them the moon or tell them they're going to come in and start and get all the shots. I don't do that. You know, but there's, uh, but there's a reason why we coach kids the way we do and we get the results we do because they're high character kids. Um, um, they handle adversity. You know, adversity in our in our program sometimes is man made. Sometimes it's just what life throws at you. But we have to have kids that can handle that. But I, um, I, I think I think you asked a great question uh, and an important question, Jason, because um, uh, that's really I mean that's really really a good question. You know, why why is he a good fit? Um, um, I, I don't see the stars, you know, <laughs> I mean, literally, I, I don't pay any attention to that. I understand that gets solid credit. People care more about your where your recruiting class is rated. I have no idea 
you guys probably know better than I do. Have we ever have we had a re- recruiting class that's been rated since we've been here? I mean, I'm I'm asking seriously because I don't know. Um, so I, I I I don't care about that stuff. I mean, I I, I really don't. Um, you know, as far as as far as I'm concerned, Jerris isn't a five star. He's he's a kid that needs to be developed and get better. We explained that to him, and he chose to come here. So, so what are y'all? What are your thoughts on that? No, no. First, Mr. Gibson, I want to give you a few minutes, full screen, to reflect on Brother Anthony Bennett. Take your time, sir. Take your time. Well, I'm, uh, instead of Anthony Bennett, I'll, I'll reflect on Chris Grant, the GM at the time, because he was adamant on taking Anthony Bennett. And do you all remember who number two behind Anthony Bennett? You guys are a little bit familiar with him in Houston. Victor Oladipo, who else was also in that draft? C.J. McCollum, who grew up, we talk about LeBron as just a kid from Akron. He is. C.J. McCollum grew up in Canton, Ohio, 25 miles from Cleveland. But Chris Grant was adamant on taking Anthony Bennett. Uh, and that's pretty much all I have to say. <laughs> I'll leave that there. And the irony is the Rockets even gave Anthony Bennett a cup of coffee. I want to say in training camp and that that didn't go well. So, um, but James, you heard it. Well, you heard it. What are your thoughts on what coach Samson said, James, you first about the expectations people have for Jairus Walker in Houston. I mean, I think he's spot on when he says, you know, you see five stars and people expect them to, you know, come in and be a Zion or RJ Bay, some, you know, guy that's going to take over and, you know, lead your team to the promised land. But in reality, you know, they're, they're still kids. They have a lot to develop. They've never, when Jairus comes in, he's not going to have a single game, a collegiate basketball game under his belt. And it's going to take him some time to adjust. Um, and so I think, I mean, I think that's goes to show what, uh, has made Houston so successful is, you know, like Kelvin talked about during the uh, clip you played, you know, they, they, they let these kids know their expectations. They let them know, you know, we're not going to treat you any different because you are a top recruit, a five-star, whatever. Um, And I think that helps take some of the pressure off uh, a guy like Jairus, you know, knowing that, you know, he's going to go to Houston and when he gets there, he's going to be all about development. He's not going to be, tasked with, you know, having to carry the team. Um, so I think, I, I think uh, Coach Sampson's comments were spot on. And um, I, I think his approach just goes to show you why Houston's been so successful because they haven't had, you know, the top recruits under him, but they've been able to year after year be competitive. And then obviously last year with the final four run. Um, so something's working um, and now he's just getting more talent. Um, but his, his philosophy, his system, the way he treats these kids is going to stay the same. Agreed. And now, James, I'm going to lean on you and Will to talk because I'm going to take care of something off camera for a minute or two. But, James, enlighten Mr. Gibson on the other two players that the Cougs signed because, you know, Will read off this list of Buckeye signings. Well, you've got a five star and I got two four stars. So, Mr. Gibson, just slow your roll about, about all that stuff. Okay. So, James got something for you. So, go ahead, James. 
Yeah, so they signed um, a kid by the name of Emmanuel Sharp. He committed about, I think, last, either last December or early um, January, sometime early. Um, and he is the son of Derek Sharp, who uh, played at uh, South Florida, played overseas for a while. He's a, I forget his exact uh, weight and height and stuff, but he's a shooting guard. Um, big body guy. Um, he's enrolling early at, uh, I think in the spring, he'll be on a campus um, and, and enrolled um, to start to sort of get uh, used to the program. And then uh, the other guy they uh, signed was a guy named Terrence Arsenault. He is um, from Beaumont. Um, he's another, he's also a guard. He's 6'7", 180. Um, four-star, um, like Sharp was. Um, he had def dis uh, a few different offers, but um, the one thing that stood out to him, Coach Sampson, which he talked about today, was he said he's never seen a kid, you know, that just impacts winning as much as uh, Arsenault does. So that's like the big thing that he's taken away from him. Um, but then, like you heard in the clip about Jairus Walker. He talks about all these kids' families. Families are a big thing for him, you know, coming from a good background, that character. Um, and he views all three of these guys um, and Walker, Arsenault, and Sharp as high character kids who um, he believes will be a good fit. Um, yeah. So, and I think Terrence is from Texas. Yeah, Beaumont. And the other two are national. So, Houston program is recruiting nationally again. It's almost getting to a point where they are cherry picking the best from the Houston area and then going national with the fits. So that's how you know you've arrived, Mr. Gibson, when you can pick your fit, pick your talent. And as Coach Sampson says, we stopped recruiting some kids because they don't fit. You know, so we're not going to sign them. We stop recruiting kids who we don't want to sign. So some kid says, you know, y'all see it. I'm blessed to announce that I received an offer from the University of Houston. Okay, they put that out there. And then after a while, that kid may not hear from Houston anymore. Because Houston has decided, yeah, we're not going to sign this kid. So let's move on to something else, somebody else. That's what big time programs do, Will. They may offer, and then, eh, yeah, let's go back after somebody else. That's good to know. I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep that in mind. So you know, you know how you know how to. You live in the ivory tower there in the Big Ten, so you know how <laughs> how how um, how things work in the Big Ten. Houston's recruiting that way, trying to get that way, get to that level. I do. The the money quote for me, and is what he says. He said we more so evaluate than recruit, and then we decide we much rather coach against. Against yes. some of these kids. Yep. That was the money quote. Like, wow. I'd much rather coach against you because I know you're not going to fit my program. So, yeah. Yeah, he, he said that earlier this week, and he said it before. I, I want to say the first time I heard it was, I don't know, two or three years ago at a, one of inside the Gabby Lewis Development Center talking to a media session. And I was like, wow, that's, that's legit. That's real talk. Yeah, we want to we want to play against that kid. So. So, yeah. So that says a lot. And, and I wonder. He's, he also mentioned today, James, I don't know who it is, but we'll check this out. Coach said. 
that uh, someone was trying to get him to look at a player who was averaging 28 points a game. And coach said, and then he found out that kid was taking 35 shots a game to get those 28 points. And coach is like, yeah, we want to play against that kid. We don't want that kid. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that is, that's real. That's an honest assessment. I respect Coach Sampson saying that we're brutally honest with the kids. We're not sugarcoating stuff. You know, we're here to develop you. We believe in you. You can fit here with the program, but we're not going to promise you minutes. We're not going to promise you X number of shots because, James, you're young, but I'm sure you, are, you already know, you learned that some schools do that. Yeah. Some schools promise kids moon. And that kid's like, oh, yeah, it's great. And then that school gets a call from a better player. Oh, yeah. We didn't. What did we say to you? Oh, uh, yeah, never mind. You know, and hang up. But Hugh Bates is straight. I think Coach Sampson, over his time and experience, he's gotten to that point. I'm not going to lie to these kids. This is who I am. This is who we are. And what was the line he said, James? I'm an old cuss. Earlier in the week, a press conference, I'm. I'm I'm an old cuss and, and I'm not going to change. I'm going to win a lot of, you know, discussions about getting kids to buy into the program. So like that. So yeah, it was along those lines. So will coaches like the Houston culture, the Kelvin Sampson culture, you buy into the system or you don't. And as an old cuss, coach Sampson's not going to change. So either you buy in or you don't play. So that's, that's where we are. I think Tamer Knight is ready. Well, is she ready? Want to bring Tamer in to talk some Houston Baptist women's basketball. And also, want to get all four of y'all's thoughts on this. Tamer, uh, turn on your mic. Is your mic? Can you turn it on? I need to turn it on. Turn it on. Turn on your mic. Great. There we go. Okay. So, yeah, I'm bringing you in. So, you gave me the thumbs up. You're ready to go. So, here we go. I'm Hi, guys. Get... Hello. Hello. Hello, Tamer. Are you on the road? No. Okay. Just wondering, could you slide over just a little bit to your left? Right, yeah, left. The camera, well, camera to the right, you to the to your left, whatever. There you go. Okay. Real quick, have y'all heard about the NCA infractions ruling against Oklahoma State University? Well, basketball program. I did. I did. I'm not, I'm not going to get into the part of the ruling itself because I think Oklahoma State got, got the shaft because the assistant coach who was in part, you know, charted the money that he paid a player or high school player wasn't alive, but, you know, that was before NIL, all that kind of stuff. But he's, he's been punished. NCAA still punished further Oklahoma State basketball so they can't be they're not eligible for the tournament this year on the men's side. Well, apparently Oklahoma state told some fans money people. I don't know what they want to say to call members of the committee. And here's what the NCAA said. I'm just going to read this. Oklahoma state personnel encouraged individuals to circumvent the NCAA member-created process that every school agrees to participate in as part of their responsibility to each other. Comments by Oklahoma State personnel regarding its infractions case resulted in 
NCAA volunteer committee members and staff receiving threatening and offensive messages after being identified by name. Mm. So this this where we are now. We're gonna we're gonna out members of a committee with their phone numbers, addresses, or whatever because we don't like the ruling. Really, this where we are now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's craziness. I, I'm, I don't. I, I really don't know what to say about that. But Tamer, how was your first? Well, first, how are you? Oh, can y'all hear me? Not, yes, we can. Yes, how are you? Okay, cool. I'm doing good. How about y'all? We're okay. How was your first game of the season? Calling HB Women's Basketball. I haven't had it yet. It's on Sunday. I thought, what, you just do home games? Uh, maybe. I don't know. They haven't told me much. But oh. as far as I'm concerned, I, I start Sunday. Okay. So who do they play Sunday? St. Thomas. Uh, St. Thomas NAIA school. Yeah. Right? What time is the game? Um, The game is at 2 p.m. Are you coming? Am I invited? No, am it I? Uh, no, 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 no. Cause I have, I have an interview. So I'm going to, I've been interviewing a national you don't need an invitation. You literally just walk in. Well, that may be, but I, I, well, how about this? Since you do call games for HBU, uh, mention to them that I still don't, do not receive emails about the game. So uh, without you, I would not know what's going on over at HBU. So, me. so yes. So that's another reason why I have you on here talking sports to inform me james and will and the viewers about hbu basketball because they don't send me squat hey it's not intentional what, what is it they just haven't updated their emailing list okay and i don't want to i don't want to get you in trouble so i'll just leave it leave it at that and, and i accept that okay did you have a chance to watch the rockets game last night no. So you did not see my Pistons beat the Rockets? Your Pistons? Your Piston fans? Really? How long have you known me, Tamer? You did not know that? I thought you were a hardcore Rockets fan. <laughs> no, you no, you did not. You did not. <laughs> well, no, I knew, you did. I, knew, I was that was a joke. That was a joke. Yeah, I, you, you know better than that. But yeah. Okay. All right. Uh I'm gonna you're here, but I'm gonna we do a quick segment. Sponsor, we got, we got we got sponsored now, Tammy. You see a little sponsor banner up there in the upper right corner, sponsored by the Saxonian family. So, folks talking sports and now is removing and grooving up top and getting money now. From, I didn't see it. Well, can you see it, James? Can you see it, Will? Yeah, yeah I see it. Top right, it's upper right corner, upper right. Upper right. She can't. She, she don't know left or right. Wow. This is my right. And you don't see it. That's, oh, that's, sponsored by the oh, okay. I was looking at your boxes and James's box. Gotcha. Upper right, Tamer. Okay. All right. Y'all take a minute or two break while I do a little segment by sponsored by the Sexinian family talking about Friday's matchup with the Houston Cougars men's team versus the Rice Owls. Here we go. All right, Friday, November 12th. The Houston Cougars men's basketball team will continue its homestand when it hosts 
the Rice Owls at 7 p.m. inside the Vertita Center. Houston is 1-0 this season after an 83-75 comfort behind overtime win over Hofstra, while Rice is 1-0 after an 82-63 season open win over Pepperdine. Reminder, this segment is sponsored by the Saxenian family and Steve Saxenian. Quick info about the Rice Owls. Guard Travis Evie led the Owls in the win over Pepperdine with 24 points. He went 6 of 10 from three-point range. Guard Carl Pierre scored 13 points and had three assists. And forward Melagel Poteet scored 10 points and grabbed a career-high seven rebounds. Forward Max Fiedler, who Coach Kelvin Sampson referred to as Rice's most valuable player, added nine points and a game-high 13 rebounds. The Owls returned 10 letter winners and all five starters from last year's squad that finished 15 and 13 overall and 6 and 10 in Conference USA, and they did pick up two wins in the Conference USA tournament. Rice also brings back its top five scorers and top six rebounders from last year's team. So Rice has more experience than U of H men's basketball team. Promotions for the game at Fertitta Center. University of Houston students will enjoy the dorm challenge at Friday's game. The UH dormitory with the most residents in attendance will receive a free pizza party courtesy of Houston men's basketball during finals week. The first 100 fans who donate a clothing item at either the Cullen Boulevard or Holman Street entrances will receive a free for the city shirt. Sticker series game number one. The first 500 UA students in attendance will receive a free and unique Houston basketball laptop sticker. At halftime, fans will want to stay in their seats as Mariachi Pumas returns to the Vertita Center for another dazzling performance. Junior Gordon will perform the national anthem. He asked James if he can sing the national anthem one day. Hoop Hype XL tickets. Fans also have the opportunity to purchase tickets for the Cougs December 18th game against Oklahoma State, which will take place in Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth, Texas. It's part of the Hoop Hype XL college basketball showcase. That game tips off at 6 p.m. The game is part of a double hitter. The first game will be Colorado State versus Tulsa, tipping off at 2.30. Tickets, which cover both games, begin at $70 plus fees with options for floor seating. Fans are encouraged to buy the tickets soon before supplies run out. And to purchase tickets, fans can call the U of H Athletics Ticket Office at 713 462 6647. One more time, that's 713 during regular business hours. Thank you once again. This segment was sponsored by the Saxonian family. Back to my co-host and my guest on Folks Talking Sports. James, can you sing the national anthem? <laughs> People would uh, leave the building right away. <laughs> they would not <laughs> want to hear that. Tamer, 
Can you sing the national no. anthem? <laughs> Will, can you sing the national anthem? I can sing it. Can you sing the national anthem, Chris? I mean, yeah. I can sing it. I don't know if I'll sound good. I can sing it. I, I mean, long, long time ago, I, I sang it part of a choir high school at a couple of playoff games. Yes. I think we did two, two years in a row we did that, sung the national anthem uh, part of a choir. But yeah, can't probably. I won't do it now though. No, because Will, I'm a dead you and me. I think I might go Marvin Gaye on my rendition. Wow. Oh, so I, I, don't, I don't know if I, young folks be like, what is he doing? Right, right, so, right. So yeah, that's what I do. I'd have to mix it up with my own kind of flair stuff to it. So, but yeah. But okay. Tamer, have you had a chance? Did you have a chance to watch any of the U of H men's basketball game on Tuesday? They've only had one game. What do you mean? Right. No, I said game. One game. Only had oh, okay. No. Hey, but I saw the updates on Twitter. I mean, I'm keeping up. Did you have doubts that they would win? No. Really? Why not? And good for you for saying that. I mean, it's still early in the season. Um, I know they probably had a couple scrimmages, but they're still trying to put the pieces together and learn how to play with all of the new people. So if they would have, you know, took an L, it wouldn't have been a surprise, but they won. So that's not the conversation here. And see, your re re response is, is honest and accurate because some folks would have jumped off buildings. I can't believe Houston lost to Hofstra. Oh my gosh, the season is over. I thought we were going back to the final four. Kelvin Sampson can't coach worth a flip anymore. He got all that money and he, now he's a horrible coach. Oh my goodness. But no, they won the game. See, I told you I never doubted my team. I got faith. Yeah, okay. Anyhow. Wait, people would have flipped out after one game. Oh, yes. Folks For left sure. the game, Tamer. Folks left. Folks left the game in the second half when they were behind. Really? They're not real fans, or they clearly don't know sports because the game's not over just because they're down at halftime. And let, let me, fans, you can hit up Tamer Knight on Twitter <laughs> for that, that response. She said that y'all were not real fans because you left early. T Night Sports. T Night Sports on Twitter. T Night Sports on Twitter if you want to respond to what she said. But also, respond to me on Twitter because I agree with her. Why'd y'all leave? Why'd y'all leave? I want, I want to say this, I want name. This colleague, he was sitting next to me in our media section. He's like, yeah, this is over. Houston's going to lose. He was, he was looking up infos of trying to find out when Hofstra's last win over a top 25 team was. And I was just, okay. <laughs> so I just, okay. Just, but yes, that was reaction there. So different folks had doubts and all those things but houston came out with the win tomorrow's game against rice city rival will be on espn plus once again and if you don't have espn plus well what can you do you can go to houstonroundbarview.com mm -hmm. click, click on one of the links to espn plus and sign up to get espn plus because i am a website affiliate awesome 
Tamer. Wait, you were talking about the Rice Owls in the Cougars game on the 12th. Why weren't we invited to that conversation? We have talked about it. You you were you were you were late. We can talk about it some more. I was late. You told me 745. I was no, early. No, 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 I asked you to come on when you could, and you just assumed it was 745, like usual. I didn't say anything different. But that's okay. Don't don't it's not a bad thing. It, it helps the flow of the show. How was how was your next uh, when, when's your next TSU sports show? Hey, a new episode just came out today. I was actually watching it prior to this. Um so far so good. That's James, notice she gets upset at me for a time issue, but this is the first I'm hearing about her new show premiering on TV. <laughs> That is not true. Will, Will, do you notice that? that I, I is heard not that. True. Every James, no, 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 agree. You guys have heard me talk about TSU sports show every time I give my little my closure, no, 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 my no. outro at the end of the show. No, no, what Tamer, what, what I'm saying is today was a new show. It's every other week, it's been very consistent with. See, I, she's oh, I see what you're, I see where you're going. Okay. okay, but you didn't let me know. That's all I'm saying. You, you know, hit, never mind. You know I'm you know I'm old. I need reminders. Okay, I need text reminders. It comes you know. on at 11:30 a.m. tomorrow. Okay. Noted. But still, you you got to help an old I'll man text out. You. Help yeah, help an old man out. James, any predictions on tomorrow's game? Q of H Rice Rice is for case folks don't know, uh, their hashtag for this season is green green light you. They shoot a lot of three-pointers. They make a lot of three-pointers. They do have similarities to Hofstra. Coach Samson believes it's going to be a fun game. Friday's matchup is going to be fun. He 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 actually encouraged Rice fans and students to support the basketball team, Rice the basketball team. What do you what do you think, James? What are your predictions? Yeah, I mean, I think people, most fans will think like it's Rice. You know, it's not going to be close. But you hit on it in your preview of the game, Rice is the veteran team. They have all these returners and we know that veterans in college basketball are very valuable. And a lot of the teams that go deep in the tournaments are full of, you know, juniors, seniors. So I think um, we're going to see this Houston team, which is still young, hasn't played together a lot. There's going to be some carryover and some of the struggles they show, uh, found. I th still think Houston will win by 10 to 12 um, on the end, but I think it will be more competitive than most people would expect going into the game. Have you heard anything about uh, how ticket sales have gone, are going for Friday's game? So I know the student ticket sales sold out really quickly for uh, the Rice game. And then they opened it up again today. They added like, I don't know how many more. And those went, were gone super quickly as well. So um, in terms of student tickets, like they've been claimed um, once they're available, they're gone like that. Um, and then overall, I mean, I, I haven't heard the overall numbers. I expect the attendance probably to be a little more than uh, Tuesday's match just because it's a Friday uh, game in town rival. You'll get some Rice fans, but um, I don't think it will be completely packed, but I think it will, there'll be a few more uh, seats filled um, compared to Tuesday. And Tamer, did you hear, well, this is for you too, mm -hmm. Coach, Coach Kelvin Sampson, it was Tuesday, wasn't it, James? Uh, walked walked around. Was, was it Monday? Walked around campus, 
uh, uh, Monday, yeah. To uh, talk to the students and encourage them uh, to come to the game. Well, inform them to come to Tuesday's game, the home opener. And Coach Sampson said he was surprised that uh, so many students did not even know about Tuesday's game. So what does that indicate to you, Tamer? Will? Uh, um, Will, you want to go first or me? No, please. Please. That's very unusual, I will say, um, considering in the previous years, um, if they didn't rave or the students or fans didn't rave about any other sport, it's been basketball. So that's kind of hard to believe. Um, I remember when he first got there, that's how he started off, walking around on campus, um, trying to inform students of the games. And that's kind of how they built their fan base over the last couple of years. But I don't see that being a problem this year unless, I mean, the hype around basketball, U of H has died, which I certainly hope it hasn't. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Um, and I ask you, um, you know, after the final four has the fan base turned into a wine and cheese crowd, like we don't waste our time with season openers against Hofstra. Call me when Memphis is in town. Is, is that, has, is that the case? Well, actually I will have to disagree because usually during non-conference, I remember when they played Oregon. I mean, well, it's Oregon, so I can't use. Yeah. Never mind. I'll be quiet. <laughs> um, well, I, I think there are still some fans who prefer seeing the opponent rather than just Houston. Mm. Uh, the game against Virginia coming up on the 16th, that's Virginia. I think – There'll be more people for that game because it's Houston versus Virginia. People know about Virginia. Mm-hmm. Now, let me say, James, you can back me up on this. The season tickets of 5,000 have been purchased. Yeah. Uh, U of H holds 2,000 back for single game tickets, et cetera, student sections, all those things. So, but out of the 5,000 season tickets sold, all those seats are not occupied. Tuesday. Okay. Mm-hmm. And folks can say it and chime in. I'll say this. Al Luna t- chimed in. He got a ticket ready for Memphis. There are, and it's noticeable within the program. Houston fans do sometimes prefer seeing the opponent rather than just Houston. So it's still an issue. It was brought up when I, I got to the game on Tuesday. Trust me, I've heard it from folks within the team and the program. They notice it, but they also know it's the first game of the season. There's still extenuating circumstances going on, all those things, but they do notice it. But the game against Virginia, I think it's going to be different because it's Virginia. But is that different from Houston facing Alcorn State? You know, or is it different from let's? I mean, Duke face, facing Alcorn State. Will, what was it going to mm-hmm. be like for Ohio State versus Rice? Uh, let's see. Maybe ten, twelve thousand. Now, by you see the arena seats eighteen thousand eight hundred nine. 
So to get a crowd of 11, 12,000 for that game, maybe maybe 13. Not a sellout for Rice. So no. So yeah, so it's it's noticeable, but it's is it that big of a surprise across the country? Some folks, you know, they choose to see the opponent. They want to see a great matchup. So they, they may figure, you know, Houston should be mashing Hofstra. Houston should be mashing, mashing Rice. So I'll stay home watching ESPN Plus. <laughs> or I'll just wait for the results. I'll follow it on Twitter. That's part of it as well. Some folks, you know, it's, it's more prominent now, I think, in football, college football. You're seeing, well, pro football, too. You yeah. are seeing more and more people choosing to stay at home to watch their games because of big screen TVs and and they can have what watch parties and you know things like that. So that's, I think that is an issue that college athletics has to consider going forward. What, what do you think, James? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, uh, I mean, the Houston crowd specifically, I mean, it, I, it's pretty typical. I mean, the football team's eight and one, they haven't drawn more than 26,000 out. Um, They've hosted, you know, number 19 SMU a few weeks ago, primetime game, 25,000 there. Um, I mean, I just think I, you hit it right on the point where fans are going to come when it's the Virginias, when it's the – in basketball, um, it's the big-time names because it's just – it's a lot more work. It's more inconvenient to, you know, drive all the way out to watch Houston play Rice or whatever, even though the matchups might be good or whatever um, – they're more interested in those big time names, like you said. And let me say this. Hold on, Tamer. Let me say this real quick. There is a lot of construction also going on around Petita Center and around campus. So traffic, traffic sucks. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a pain to get there right now. But what are you going to say, Tamer? I'm just reading the comments here. People are um, Alan Luna and King Haha or Jaja. You got you guys got tickets for the Memphis games, but that's not until February twelfth, or or that might even. I mean, it's twenty twenty two regardless. Um, so, do you guys only plan to go to that game? See, you know, this Houston is a football city. That the University of Houston is developing a a sports fan base. It's not like Ohio State, where people and, and Houston's also a pro sports town. So that that is a factor as well. Clearly, but well, you got you got except for the Astros, the Texans and the Rockets are struggling, so that that hurts that as well. Um, so it's different factors, but Houston football fans, U of H football fans, never did draw well. You know, when I was growing up, I was going to U of H there. It, it just wasn't a big deal. And they used to play the games in the Dome. And my goodness, the Dome was too big for the crowds to be so small for U of H football games. So it's never been a, a college town for attendance like that. Uh, it's gotten better. You know, I'll say that. But, Will, keep this in mind, Tamer James as well. Back in the day, back in the five Sama Jamma days, all those games did not sell out. All finals was had a larger capacity, but yes, all those games did not sell out. I'm talking about five Sama Jamma, Will. Yeah. Okay. to to that point, we talked about um, attendance. We Ohio State season opener 
on Tuesday night versus Akron. 11,947. So about two-thirds capacity. Now, conversely, in three weeks, on the 30th, three, yeah, three weeks, Duke is coming to town. Guarantee that's stuff to the gills. Yep. Stuff to the gills. So speaking you know, of Houston, oh, speaking of um, I'm gonna go off topic of basketball, but I wish Andy was here because I think it was um Will, me and Chris, uh, you mentioned that Houston is a football city and um the Cougars are surprising you or no? The football oh, oh, no. oh yeah, they're eight and one. I'm, I was wrong on that one. No question. We were all wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very, very much so. And as an alum, I'm glad to be wrong on that. I'm glad they're doing well. They're eight and one, taking advantage of a softer schedule. But so what? You got to win. I'd much rather than beat these cream puffs than lose to them. So they're doing what they're supposed to do. And James, I think you mentioned it. They have a chance with a win to clinch a spot in the AAC championship game. They beat Temple. So who'd have thought that that this team would be having playing for a conference championship in football? I didn't think that. So, James, was it you? Come on, James. Pat yourself on the back. Was it you who said you predicted that could go 10 and 2? I said that was, I said either 9 or 3 and 10 and 2. I said, uh, yeah. I mean, I thought 10 wins was uh, feasible, but yeah. So, let's see. I'm, I'm actually pretty shocked. I mean, I'm waiting for them to um, go up against Cincinnati, but. I'm not. <laughs> I mean. I'm not. And SB, the CKS videos are shorter because the numbers show me that fans tune out after five minutes, five, eight minutes. So Coach Sampson talks 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes. I'm wasting my time and money posting the whole thing. That's, that's the honest assessment. And talking business, time, time is money. Business you know, I'm I'm losing money posting all 30 minutes of a of a U of H post game press conference. Well, I can, I can post a rocket clip for 90 seconds and get more views for that than a coach Sampson for five minutes. That's that's business. I I want, as in the sponsor of this show, the Saxony family, alone, supporting this show, folks talking sports. I'm looking for more support for this show. I prefer more alum support in this show, but I get more support for the Rockets. So what, what would you do? When does the Cougars football team play Cincinnati? I'm not seeing it on the schedule. Well, it's not set in stone. Cincinnati has to win out, but it would be in the AAC championship game first or second week of December. Hmm. And is that on, would that be uh, uh, on campus, James? So uh, it depends if things were to like, if the season ended today, it would be in Cincinnati because uh, Cincinnati has the better overall record and they both are undefeated in conference. But if U of H wins out, which they should um, and Cincinnati loses one of the conference games, it would be on campus because uh, Houston would be undefeated in the American, whereas since he would have one loss. Um, so th there's a possibility it could be on campus, um, but if things stayed the way they are, it will be in Cincinnati. So why aren't they playing Cincinnati in the regular season? 
Uh, they they have too many teams in the American for everyone to play. Um, so yeah, they they did last year. Um, they divided up this year. Houston uh, didn't get them on their schedule. So yeah, that's pretty much it there. Good call, James. Good info there. Tamer, do you have any any last thing you want to mention before we wrap it up? And I'll give it a shout out to toss to each one of you. Full screen. So Tamer, are you ready for the full screen to uh, show folks how to find you? You ready? Of course. Um, just tune in to uh, AT&T Sportsnet, uh, CW39, or whatever channel it is for you guys to watch TSU Sports Show. If you missed it today, it comes on again at 11.30 a.m. Central Time tomorrow. Um, follow me on Twitter at T Night Sports. You can follow my YouTube channel as well at Tamer Knight. And go Huskies. I'll be there Sunday at 2 p.m. calling play-by-play. First game of the season at home for the Huskies. They did have a game against CCU. And they got obliterated, but we won't talk about that here. Final score was 78-48. They did not have their starting point guard, Kennedy Wilson. Um, They pretty much used their bench uh, for that game. So we're not going to speak on the Huskies just yet because – I watched their scrimmage against TSU, and I think they do have a bench full of ammo, and I believe they can finish second in the Southland Conference. They believe they can finish second or higher in the Southland Conference, so I'll leave my thoughts right there with you guys. Thank you, Tamer. And real quick, I've, I lost my thought there, so when I come back to it, I'll ask you a question about uh, HBU. Oh, my question was, do you have a, will you have a partner calling the game? Are you doing this, doing a solo? Solo. Woo. No pressure. Hey, someone said go Huskies. King ha ha. Nope. No pressure. Cool. Good. Good job with that. Good job. And good luck calling the game. Oh, will it be streamed? Yes. Um, so it will be on the Huskies network um, starting in December. And they will also be on ESPN plus So you guys will hear my voice there. So I'm super excited about that. They haven't set it up yet, but by the time conference starts, they will have e- they will be streaming on ESPN Plus. Excellent. All right, Mr. Gibson, it's your world now, sir. How can folks find you on social media platforms? Uh, they can find me on social media platforms: uh, Twitter, Instagram at Will Gibson Seven, uh, Facebook uh, Will Knows, uh, the Will Knows Podcast, Will Knows Facebook page. And before I, I just want to give a shout out to former and now again current. Carolina Panthers quarterback Cam Newton. Cam signed today by the Panthers. Um, happy for him. He, you know, former MVP of the of the NFL, former Super Bowl uh, quarterback for the Panthers, holder of virtually every uh, record that the Panthers have uh, via quarterback. Probably the greatest Panther, if not second greatest Panther of all time. So, uh, congratulations to him and. How, how ironic that last year the, the same coaching staff cut him, but now they come back to sign him. And his first game is against the Washington football team coached by former Carolina Panthers head coach Ron Rivera. So shout out to Cam and congratulations. You got it, James. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at JDM2186 um, for all Houston Cougar updates, whatever. And um, 
also all my work for uh, the Daily Cougar, which is the UH student newspaper, can be found on thedailycougar.com. Um, yeah. And as always, everyone tuning in, thank you very much for participating in the, in the comments. Thank you for watching us on the Houston Round Bar Review presents Folks Talking Sports, sponsored by the Saxenian family. Appreciate James Mueller joining from the top of the show as Andy Yanez is working on assignment for the community newspaper, the Impact newspaper. We'll be doing that for, uh, I think, two months. On Thursday, I think, Wednesday through Friday, something like that, Andy's busy will be the end of the weeks for the next few months. Tamer, thank you for joining us on the show. Good luck on the call in the game. HBU versus uh, St. Thomas, right? St. Thomas on Sunday. Will, as always, thank you for, for chiming in. Our schedule is going to be a little different now as we're getting into college basketball season, so it might fluctuate on what day we're able to, to do shows. But as always, thank you very much for tuning in. Rocket fans, I'll be doing a, a, a Let's Talk Rocket Saturday. Oh, I'm not sure if it's going to be 7 p.m. Central or 8 p.m. Central, but I'll post it on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. Reminder, U of H men's basketball faces Rice Friday, 7 p.m. inside Fertitta Center. U of H women are on the road in Nacogdoches Friday, 6.30 against Stephen F. Austin. That could be a game for net, uh, net rankings for either team. It could be a good win, a good road win for U of H basketball. Both teams want to know, so that is also on ESPN+. Plus. So busy day in sports. Of course, the Rockets are hosting the Blazers Friday in town also. So a lot going on in town basketball-wise. I'm loving it. You can always catch the videos on my channel. Info also on HoustonRoundBarView.com. Everybody, y'all be safe. Thank you for tuning in to once one more time to the Houston Round Bar Review presents Folks Talking Sports, sponsored by the Saxony family. Y'all take care. <laughs>